It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm David Asman. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. I'm Evan Brown. Russia will not end its war, nor will Ukraine stand down. And to the surprise of many, Ukraine is making this narrative biblical. Goliath has frostbite on his feet. He slept in his armored vehicle for a month. Goliath doesn't have food. Goliath doesn't have gasoline. Goliath wants to kill his own commander. That's why Goliath is losing against David. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Russia is still at it. They have yet to take control of a Ukrainian city in the five weeks they've been trying to take over the country of Ukraine. They've destroyed Mariupol, but they have seemingly given up on taking the capital of Kiev, while rounds of peace talks result in nothing. This is not a war on terror. This is really, I think, almost the reverse of that. This is a terror war. The terror is coming from the warring party that is bringing terror to civilians in Ukraine. Fox News correspondent Steve Harrigan reported from the front lines for the war's first few weeks. He remembers how Russia expected to win very quickly, much how like they expected to conquer another enemy yet spent a decade fighting, and how surprisingly tough the Ukrainian fighters are, and why it's important to keep talking about it. It's a slog. It's one month in, and no one thought it would last this long. All the experts thought Putin would not invade in a mass way in the first place. And then uh, when he did invade, everyone, including U.S. intelligence, said that, well, you know, Kiev will fall in two days. Well, one month in, not only has Kiev not fallen, but they're not even going to try and take it anymore, so they say publicly. So how long is this going to go? It's going a month. Is it going to go a year, two years? Russia had to fight Chechens in the 90s. They said that would take two hours. It took 10 years. This is multiple times bigger, from 1 million to 40 million. This is a country, Ukraine, with a military, with U.S., NATO, European support. So this could go on indefinitely. On the other end of that is the Ukrainian side of this. They they are willing to do this, it seems like, indefinitely. And I don't think that they want to, obviously, and no one wants to fight a war. And it seems like every chance uh, there is to have a discussion about ending this, the Ukrainians are, are ready to sit down, uh, but they're obviously not going to agree to cede territory. But how how, uh, how committed do you think the, the everyday Ukrainian is to this Uh it looks like they are willing to fight for their homeland, um, but everyone has limits. And, and what what point do they reach their limit, do you think? I don't know what limits Ukraine has. I mean, I think the limit is, will you die for your country? And I think there's a lot of Ukrainians who will accept that limit. Ukrainians from all over Europe, from all over the world, who have just, you know, quit their jobs, left, and returned home to Ukraine. You know, the fight or die. 
course, it's not everybody. They've had to stop people at the borders, age 18 to 60. You can't leave the country. But it certainly is a lot of them, and they're fighting at close quarters. I mean, some of these weapons are portable weapons, the anti-tank javelins, for example. But it's basically uh, an individual against the tank, and they are going up, and they are more than holding their own at this point. Holding your own is, is it's almost Herculean or, or David and Goliath-like, because you know how, how does a person, how do even a group of people stand in front of a tank and stop them? I think you know, most people in the Western world might remember, you know, the, the tank man of Tiananmen Square. Obviously, that man was not stopping a tank. How do these Ukrainians stop tanks? I mean, how, how is that possible? It seems almost like it, it couldn't be possible. It's a great question, and people didn't think it was possible. Intelligence experts all around the world thought it was impossible. And you use the phrase David and Goliath. I remember, you know, 30 years ago reporting in Chechnya, for another network. I used that phrase. This is David and Goliath, and I was rebuked by bosses. They said, Russia's a military superpower. You can't talk about Russia and Chechnya like David and Goliath. Well, no one is stopping you from saying David and Goliath now. And look at it. Goliath, all right, Goliath was lied to. The Russian soldiers weren't even told where they were going, a lot of them. Goliath has frostbite on his feet. He slept in his armored vehicle for a month. Goliath doesn't have food. Goliath doesn't have gasoline. Goliath is getting attacked every which way. Goliath wants to kill his own commander. That's why Goliath is losing against David. How, how did Goliath get this way? Because it was supposed to be Goliath. I mean, did, did Russia not plan for this? Were, were there... Um... Was it a, a matter of, excuse the expression, the Tsar having no clothes in some way? Uh, because you would think that such a superpower might have been better prepared to, 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 to carry this out. Certainly they botched a lot technically, but I think the bigger picture is your military reflects who you are. It reflects your society. If you have a corrupt dictator Tsar in power... You know, people aren't going to be ready to die for this guy for unexplained goals that don't make a lot of sense. They're not going to go next door and smash the cradle of Russian and Ukrainian civilization on one man's orders. So I think it's a reflection of deep corruption and decay in Russia that, unlike Ukrainians, they don't see the logic, the reason, or the need to roll out and die in Vladimir Putin's war. You've been hearing Fox News correspondent Steve Harrigan giving his impressions on the war that has yet to end. On the Fox News rundown, War on Ukraine. We'll have more with Steve straight ahead. On, a, on another note, uh, Steve, I, I think uh, the, uh, the, the, the tragedy of Pierre uh, and Sasha are still very, uh, very close to us uh, here in the Fox family. And... Uh, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about this uh, and and the type of sacrifice that journalists do make in this in these types of field. Not every reporter goes to carry, uh, cover a war, and because of mostly because of the danger, it, it is a very dangerous scenario. You've done it multiple times. Um, what what should everyone know? I think who who might be listening at, at a time where people don't often trust reporters because of political 
rhetoric and whatnot and and but but this is not this is not covering congress this is not covering a presidential election this is a war this is a very different scenario and i'd say that the journalists who cover this whether they work for us or elsewhere they have it's a different makeup please please tell everyone why this is so different and why it is so important i would use the example of those two ap photographers who went to mariupol and who the Russians actually were targeting, who the Russians wanted to capture and probably kill. And they were eventually taken out by Ukrainian forces. They were the last two in Mariupol, and they were witnessing a slaughter. And it was their images denied by the Russian government, which really helped show people, oh, you know, babies are getting killed. Oh, they're throwing bodies in mass graves. So oh, people are living underground in sheer terror. So, you know, there's some war reporters who are like, you know, look at me. I'm brave. Something's exploding behind me, but it doesn't rattle me because I'm a brave war correspondent. But there are others like these two AP photographers who are just trying to be a witness. And the last two witnesses, despite no electricity, despite no Internet, despite the fact that they're getting shelled, those two guys and a lot of other people over there are really risking their necks to say, look at this. These people are getting slaughtered. This has got to stop. And so uh, I think everyone owes a debt to people like that. And they they know what they're doing. They know how important it is. And then, you know, it's showing us what this war looks like. What's it like when you finally get home? It doesn't go away. You think, you know, oh, I'm home. It's great. I'm with the family. You know, but it still nags at you because people are still underground. You know, I was looking at a picture of a man in a hospital and he was, his dead son was under a sheet and the man was kneeling and leaning his head on the sheet. I mean, that, you can't forget it. Steve Harrigan, Fox News correspondent. Thank you for being with us here on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Thanks, David. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.